Today is Pentecost Sunday when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is probably the hardest of the three persons of the Trinity for us to understand. We've given God the Father a common image, generally an old man with a beard, kind of like Santa Claus, unless you make him mad and he unleashes his wrath. And we have this kind of common image of God the Son, a young hippie dude with charisma and a sense of deep wisdom and peace. But we don't have a common image for the Holy Spirit. Because of the way that Scripture speaks of the presence and work of the Spirit, we've come to use these images of breath and wind and fire and doves. But these are really abstract and fluid images. It's as if the Holy Spirit is so hard to define that we haven't come up with a generally accepted image for it. Using the pronoun it is even problematic, as it fails to identify the Holy Spirit as a person. And yet as Christians, we understand the Holy Spirit to be the third person of the Trinity. Today's readings don't really make it any clearer for us. We have two great accounts of the sending of the Holy Spirit, but they're very different from one another. One account from Acts is the one that's probably we're most familiar with. Forty days after his resurrection, right before Jesus is about to ascend to the Father, he tells the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So on Pentecost, Jesus' followers, which we're told now number about 120 people, are gathered together in a home in Jerusalem. And suddenly from heaven there came the sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house. Divided tongues as of fire appeared and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. I want you to notice all the attributes of the Holy Spirit revealed in this story. The Holy Spirit is a violent wind. It is tongues of fire. It is powerful. It is confusing, and yet it allows diverse people to understand in ways accessible to them. It empowers disciples to witness to Jesus throughout the world. And it comes to everybody. Now, look at the account of the giving of the Holy Spirit from our gospel passage in John. In this account, it is the day of Jesus' resurrection, and the remaining 11 disciples are locked in a room for fear of the authorities. Jesus appears among them and says, peace be with you. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So now let's look at the attributes of the Holy Spirit revealed in this account. The Holy Spirit is a gentle breath. It is Jesus' breath received directly from him. It offers peace. It gives the power of forgiveness. And it's given to a select particular group. That's quite a paradox, isn't it? The Holy Spirit is violent. It is peaceful. 
It comes dramatically as if tongues of fire, and it comes gently as the breath of Jesus. It comes to everybody at once. It comes to particular folks at particular times. So who is the real Holy Spirit? What can we know about him, her, them? What we can say is that once the Holy Spirit comes, nothing is ever the same again. Scared disciples hiding in locked rooms go out into the world to proclaim that Jesus lives. Followers of Jesus with no sense of direction who are sitting around waiting to be told what happens next are empowered to boldly proclaim the good news in ways that can be understood by others. Once the Holy Spirit comes, God's people and power are loosed throughout the world. The Holy Spirit's mission is to complete what Jesus started. Jesus came among us, and in his life, in his teaching, and his victory over death, he showed us the potential for our lives. He revealed the lives that we were created to live. And while he couldn't remain with us forever, his sending of the Holy Spirit is the means by which we participate in his life, by which we are empowered to live lives that are Christ-like. The Holy Spirit didn't just begin her work with Jesus' conception, although that is a pretty bold way to enter the scene. No, the Holy Spirit has always been active among God's people. In Numbers, God pours his spirit upon those set apart by Moses so that he might have some assistance in leading God's people. In Ezekiel, God's spirit breathes new life into dried out dead bones and forms them into a people. But the sending of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost is different. It's now given to each believer in a new way as a constant companion, never to be rescinded. The Holy Spirit is received both individually and corporately but always with the mission of shaping resurrection life in Jesus. The Spirit is our comforter, our advocate, our cheerleader. The Holy Spirit is that person of the Trinity that stands before us and beckons us forward through our lives, drawing us closer to relationship with God day by day by day. And more than this, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. There are things that you know that you know that you know in your gut, in your very being. That is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And while all of our truth must be tested against the witness of Jesus and the long history of God's people, we can trust that if our desire is to know God's will, the Spirit of God will lead us into it. So, when we study scripture, worship, pray, share our experience of Jesus, or serve others, we can rely on the grace of the indwelling Spirit for guidance. The Holy Spirit forms community and the church, which is why Pentecost is often referred to as the birthday of the church. So happy birthday. 
<laughs> the Holy Spirit is the intimate presence of God within his church. And while we can't limit the Spirit of God, it blows where it will. We hold that the Holy Spirit is present in the church in a unique and salvific way. In fact, the church is, divine, is defined by the Spirit's presence and activity. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to participate in Christ's redemptive work in the world. Look at all the multifaceted ways that the church engages this redemptive work. Caring for the sick, sharing the story of Jesus, fortifying one another to live good lives, protecting the weakest among us, especially the very old and the very young, acting as agents of dialogue, being with people in their hardest circumstances. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the church does all of this and more. Our Acts passage for today shows us that this community is formed in diversity. The Holy Spirit doesn't homogenize God's people. It allows God to speak to people in ways that they can understand. So while it creates unity, it doesn't cause disciples to act and be the same. It creates a space where out of our gratitude for God's acceptance of us, we can accept and respect differences, cultures, traditions. Yet lest we think the Holy Spirit is all puppy dogs and ice cream cones, we need to remember the paradox of the Holy Spirit. While the Holy Spirit is that person of the Trinity that makes Christ present to us and to the world, the Holy Spirit is dangerous. You know, the first thing the Spirit did after Jesus' baptism was drive him out into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. The Holy Spirit is not and cannot be domesticated, no matter how hard we try to do so. The work of the Holy Spirit is unexpected. It causes us to care about people we never thought we'd care about. It causes us to get involved in works we never thought we'd get involved in. It causes us to see God's world in bigger and deeper and in more interconnected ways. And it refuses to let us just keep our heads down and our noses clean and mind our own business. We have a role to play in God's redemptive work in the world. And the Holy Spirit nudges and prods and pokes until we take our place. Without Pentecost, Easter offers us a risen Christ whose return to glory leaves us to face the world armed with nothing but our memories about how great it was when Jesus was here. But thanks be to God, we have not been left alone. Through the sending of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, Christ's presence is our constant companion, empowering us to continue his ministry in the world and binding us one to another with his love. Amen.